Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Friday Night Ohio podcast. I'm Cliff Hickman from the Canton Repository, and I am joined today by Chris Easterling from the Maslin Independent. How are you doing, Chris? Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm hanging in there, uh, hanging in there, hanging in there. Yeah, we're doing as well as we possibly can at 1.42 in the morning here at the uh, repository building, at least for me. <laughs> yeah, but we're almost halfway through uh, at least regular season. We're, we're four games down. We hit the midpoint next week, and uh, you know. But uh, the thing is, you know, you look around, and you know, I think we got a number of teams that are that, that you know at least four weeks in are setting themselves up for a big second half. Absolutely, and there has been no shortage of exciting games. I had a great game tonight out at Perry, and we're going to lead off. With your game, though, talk about exciting. Maslin defeated Warren Harding tonight, 49-46. to Chris, uh, what happened out there? Um, it's one of those games that the, the score sort of indicates a little bit closer of a game than, than it was. But at the same time, it was, it was a weird, one of the weirder games I've covered in a while. Maslin gets opening kickoff from Austin Brawley. Uh, you know, two things are happening for Maslin on a weekly basis. Austin Brawley's getting a return for a touchdown. He got a return two weeks ago, an interception return last week, and now this week he returns the opening kick for a touchdown. And Will Trill Hartson's uh, going for uh, well over 100 yards rushing. Uh, and tonight he went for uh, 287 and uh, four touchdowns. And, you know, they build up a lead of 28-7 in the first quarter, the first half, I meant. They open up a... a 49-33 lead with 5.56 left. And the thing about this Warren team is they're really explosive. They can make some big plays. And junior quarterback Dallas Jett for uh, for Warren throws for uh, just a second. Uh, throws for 358 yards and six touchdowns. That includes a couple in the last two minutes. That uh, last four minutes, I mean, that the uh, that kind of uh, kind of made Maslin sweat. But, you know, they Warren pulls within 49-39, yeah, 49-39 with four minutes to go. Maslin gets the ball and moves the ball downfield. You know, they're looking to get that game ceiling first down, and they fumble. Warren picks up the fumble and returns it for a touchdown. Except there's a block in the back on the return. So... That forces Warren to run some more plays. They finally get their last touchdown with 24 seconds left to go in the game. Masson recovers the onside kick and, and holds on. So, uh, all in all, uh, you know, Maslin gets the big win. They improved the three and one, and they got a huge run next week uh, with St. Ed's coming into uh, Rockefeller Stadium. You mentioned the halfway point a little bit uh, next week. How do you think Maslin feels about where they are? Because they have played a, a really tough schedule thus far, and that's a that's a nice record considering what they've been up against. You know, I, I think, you know, for them, they're looking at it. I think next week's obviously a huge litmus test. You know, they opened the season with Pitch Central. 
and that was a big test because of all the Division One talent. You know, they're one of the top three Division One teams in the in the state this year, and now week five they can see one of the other top three Division One teams in the state in St. Edward. You know, they play Saturday afternoon down at Elder, but you know, last week uh, they, they just rolled Minner. But I think it was something like forty-seven to seven. So, you know, I, I think they like where the the growth they're 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 seeing out of this team because again, this was a young and inexperienced football team, relatively speaking, coming into the season. I think they like the the growth they're seeing, but you know, they're going to you know they're really going to to find out something about themselves next week with Eds. And uh, a game I'm sure many people in Maslin were also keeping an eye on, Chris. We had McKinley at Perry tonight. They were renaming the stadium to Keith Wakefield Stadium there at Perry. Had a nice uh, pregame ceremony. They had a little video presentation, and uh, Coach Wakefield was out there on the 40 uh, next to the homestands. Got a really nice ovation around 6.30, and and then he had to leave right away because he is uh, still kind of an active coach for Dover as an assistant. So he headed right down there, and then we we got the game underway. And uh, Perry, it looked like, might run away with it early. They capitalized on a couple of McKinley turnovers in the second quarter. They went up 13-0. And then things just kind of fell apart for him in the last three minutes. McKinley threw for two quick touchdowns and took a 14-13 to 13 lead into the break. And then it just kind of continued that way in the second half. Perry did have some opportunities to win. A big one was they had it uh, third and goal at the McKinley one-yard line, and this would have put them ahead had they been able to score. They end up with a false start penalty. It moves them back to the six, and that's basically where the drive ended. They got stopped right there on two consecutive plays, one of which was one of the hardest hits I've ever seen. Harold Fannin. Uh, from McKinley got into the backfield of Perry and just absolutely blew up the running back. And one of the, I mean, you could hear it. You may have heard it over where you were at, Chris. It was a big hit. And uh, later in the quarter, they um, also had some more opportunities that just uh, didn't quite uh, work out. They did score a touchdown. There in the final three minutes, they had a chance to go for a two-point conversion and tie it. Um, Perry's been to three overtimes already, looking at four. But then another penalty comes into play. They get a taunting penalty on the the rushing touchdown, a three-yard score. So they end up having to do the two-point conversion from the 18-yard line. And they almost caught it, but the the receiver slid out of the end zone. And that's kind of where things ended. Perry did get a last drive. They had to take it all the way from their own four-yard line, though. They got to about the McKinley 45 before things stalled out. But... uh, Wow, what a big win for McKinley, who started the year 0-2. They're now 2-2, two really nice wins, and especially this week against a Perry team that had won six out of the seven last meetings. Yeah, you know, that's a credit to to not just Antonio Hall, uh, you know, who's, uh, you know, in his interim year as the head coach for for the the Pups, but but that team, I mean, you – 
you take two tough losses to open the season against Manor and Austintown Fitch, and, and you know it would after again after all they've been through in the off season leading up to the you know leading up to this year. To turn around, go on the road in the last two weeks and beat two, I you know records. Records aside, I think both Wayne and Perry are good football teams. I mean, it, what I mean is it a combined touchdown? That's I mean, could Perry be Perry very well could be a four and zero football team right now? I mean, there there is less than a touchdown difference between. Them being one and three, and them being four and zero. Oh. So you know, you you just talk about you know, McKinley gets that you know been able to turn their season around a little bit the last two weeks. Now the you know for the Panthers, it doesn't get any easier for them. Now they 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 have Jackson next, and we're we're going to get to them in a minute because they had a huge win over uh, over Green tonight. But you know, you know that it just. It's a tough start for Zach Slates in his first year as a head coach. But, you know, the, the key is, you know, it just keep showing up each day, each week, because, you know, you got to feel like at some point the worm's going to turn in favor of Barry this year because they've been so snake bit pretty much since the, since the season began. And that was the, the word that Coach Slates kind of came up with in the post-game interview was frustration. I mean, they uh, it is a really good football team. I really like Perry's defense. It was just a, a couple of big plays in the passing game for McKinley that, uh, well, they allowed them to get back into it. And, and then the penalties played a huge role at kind of really odd times. So... They are. I mean, you can look at that one and three record if you want, but if you overlook them, that that's <laughs> that's probably to your hazard. I think that is a really good team. And McKinley, what impressed me is the the quarterbacks they're developing really well. Uh, Williams and Rody both had. Uh, Really solid performances. When they asked them to throw the ball, they found the open guy and gave the receivers an opportunity to make plays after the catch. And then Williams in the running game, also very strong. So it was just a well-played game overall, and I like both of those teams quite a bit. So it's going to be a really interesting time in the Federal League. And as we move on, you mentioned the next one, Chris. How about this? Jackson 21, green to 20. Uh, another one that went down to the wire. Yeah, uh, Jackson uh, Green lines up for a 25-yard field goal, uh, and, and Jackson gets a, gets gets his hands on the on the kick, partially blocks it, and you know is able to hold on. But you know, it, it, it's it's. It's sort of funny with the Jackson team because I remember having a conversation with Tim Budd coming into the the first week of the season. They're they're opening with Akron East and talking to him. It, it, he's the master of sort of oh you know almost you can picture Eeyore from the old Winnie the Pooh card. Oh brother, you know you you like. You talk to him at some point in the preseason, and he sounds like he wonders how he's ever going to win a football game. And it turns out they're a pretty good football team. This Jackson team is really good. Hunter Geisinger, uh, 
you know, as you know, 245 uh, total offensive yards. All three of the touchdowns he accounts for. You know, Brendan Craig again is a, you know is a strong runner for for for, for the uh, for the Polar Bears. Matt Kissler with another you know another big game receiving seven catches, seventy four yards and a touchdown. You know, and, and then the defense. You know that green team was really putting up the points over the first three weeks. You know, Trevor Van Horn did throw for 235 tonight but and, and ran for another 122 but and two scores. But, you know, the defense, you know, sometimes it's not about the yardage. Sometimes it's about when you make the plays. And Jackson's defense was able to make that winning play down at the end to, to get his hand on that field goal to end uh here they sit four zero with an opportunity to, uh, to, to you know head into next week's game against Perry. Yeah, that's a big showdown. We're definitely going to be keeping an eye on, and we'll wrap up the Federal League here. Lake defeated Glen Oak twenty six to seven, and of course we have the one non league game every week tonight. Hoover went to Louisville and picked up a twenty one to zero win. Hoover evens its record at 2-2, two and two, and that is another really dangerous team. They can kind of really dominate the line of scrimmage. Held Louisville under 150 yards of uh, total offense and forced four turnovers. I, that's, a, that's another team, because of injuries, that's transitioned to more of a run-heavy offense, but it's kind of working out. Uh, Luke Roach and Drew Logan and some of those other guys can be really effective in short bursts. Of course, you you also see Drew Logan along the lines making plays everywhere. So that's another team you look at at two and two, and maybe you're not real impressed with that. But uh, I mean, that, that defensive line is going to give people some fits. You know, I mean, considering everything they went through, you know, coming into the season, you know, you're replacing that Connor Ashby at at the quarterback spot, and the guy you think is going to be the guy to replace him, uh, Kate Henney, then gets hurt like the day before the season opens. You go out, you you suffer a tough one against Cleveland Heights, and, you know, then, you know, you have your – you have who's supposed to be your week three game canceled because of uh, Collinwood having to cancel due to COVID. You replace it last week with a really good Mansfield senior team, and you come up, you know, you suffer a tough loss there. This team, I mean, four weeks in, this Uber team has probably felt like it, it's already dealt with four months' worth of uh you know, ups and downs and, and and everything and but 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 again the credit to this you know, credit to this team, credit to the players. And you know, there's just a lot of these stories if you look across the county uh, of these teams that have really had to, you know, they've had to kind of pick themselves up and you know, whether it's a you know, it was a tough loss or an injury here or an injury there and, you know, the way you know it, it bodes well going forward for a lot of these teams that they, the way they've been able to handle some up and downs over the first two or three weeks of the season. Absolutely. And speaking of teams that play really tough schedules and have suffered some tough breaks, how about this one? Licking Heights defeats Central Catholic tonight, 
35 to 34. Another heartbreaker there for the Crusaders, Chris. Yeah, then, uh, you know, I was just literally just like, you know, they, you know, Central Catholics leading going into the, you know, the, the final seconds of the game. Lickering Heights gets a touchdown with seven seconds to go and then goes for two in the win, gets it in, you know, just a, you know, a tough drive, you know, you go down to the Columbus area, you take a tough loss like that, you know, Central's had a couple of these because if you think back, you, you know, obviously they had the, the dramatic win week one over Perry. Then in week two, you know, they're leading Norlane going into the fourth quarter and Norlane just sort of hits the afterburners and kind of pulls, pulls past them. And then last week, I know Southlands was a, uh, was a really, really good opponent that, uh, that they faced. So, Excuse me, I'm losing my voice here. But, uh, you know, yeah, it's just been tough, and it doesn't get any easier for me. either. You know, New Philly next. They play a really, really good Lucas team. Uh, uh, you know, I think two years ago they, they played for a state championship. You know, you, you look down the line, there's still Jackson waiting for them. There's a Lindsley West Virginia team waiting for them that's, that's been been very good. So, you know, it's one of these teams that yeah, I know that, that Jeff Linda Smith has to be, has to be a little frustrated with the, the way the breaks have gone against this team. But, but yeah, tonight was definitely, definitely a really tough one for the Crusaders. And uh, we'll take a quick look at the Eastern Bus, the, the Eastern Buckeye Conference. Getting a little tongue-tied here. Uh, we had this is probably the surprise of the night there. Carrollton defeated previously unbeaten Canton South 34 to 28. They got a touchdown to pull ahead with about seven and a half minutes to go and made it stand up. I think Chase Olstrom had over 200 yards rushing there against Canton South. Uh, Carrollton was able to survive three rushing touchdowns by Tam Church in that one. But uh, that was uh, one a lot of people had their eyes on in the EBC openers. Now, the rest of these, a little less competitive. Alliance got their first win of the season. They opened with a 56-6 win over Minerva. Caden Davis runs for two touchdowns, catches another. Sophomore Brendan Zerbrug threw three touchdowns in that. West Branch, 61, Marlington, 18. Drew DeShields threw four touchdowns, ran for another. Seems like he's doing this thing every week, and he's kind of giving me carpal tunnel syndrome typing up all his scores here. So that's, uh, that's about it for the Eastern Buckeye Conference tonight. Taking a look at one game in the Pac-7 that caught my eye. How about uh, Fairless holding off Northwest tonight, Chris, 28-14? to yeah, it sounds like uh, two things. One, Carson Colucci has really settled in nicely at the quarterback spot. That was a big question coming in for Fairless. They had a lot of guys back off of last year's team that, you know, went into their game against Northwest a year ago with an opportunity to potentially grab the case of the, the Pac-7 title. This year, you know, they come in with the momentum, but, you know, Carson had over the first three weeks had really you know played well, 
But tonight he had a huge game for the, uh, you know, for the, um, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, you know, for the Falcons uh, throwing for, uh, let's see, uh, three. I just had it right here. Live podcasting, folks. Uh, 324 yards and two touchdowns, 21 to 25 passing. But, you know, on the opposite end, then you have Trudy Pumio. 14 catches, 278 receiving yards, and, and he caught both of those scores. You know, they took advantage of, of a Northwest team that, that really ha- has been decimated with some injuries and some key spots. I know Braden Mick uh, was in uh, – Mike Popovich reported that he was at the game tonight. He reported that he was on a walk in a walking boot. In the, uh, on the sidelines during the game, you know that's a key kid to take out of that secondary, which has been somewhat, which was somewhat young coming into this season. I know talking to John DeMarco, Northwest head coach, that was an area where he felt like there needed to be growth. And tonight, obviously, you know, Fairless jumps out twenty-eight-seven. Holds on for the for the win and, and, and really puts himself in nice a nice position at four and overall one of the pack seven you know first time since twenty thirteen fearless is four and you know it's a it, that's a really great way to start for the uh, for the Falcons and and I know uh, I, I know it's something that, you know now now about about building off of that and you know. Getting ready, you know, kind of, you know, they get winless Orville team, and then the week after that, they play a three and one CVCA team. That I, I think it's really between Fairless CVCA and Triway now to uh, to uh, uh, you know in, in terms of the league race. Northwest Falls the one and three. Really beat up and, and and really, you know, I know it's got to got to look to regroup a little bit now. And just to finish things off, a couple other scores a note: Sandy Valley held off Malvern twenty-two to twenty-one, and East Canton defeated Tusky Valley tonight, thirty-nine to thirteen. Any final thoughts on anything at all for Week Four, Chris? We're ready to put this one in the books here. No, I, I think uh, I'm with you. I'm ready to put it one, put it in the books, and uh, put myself in bed here as uh, as clock heads past two a.m. <laughs> <laughs> I like the way you think, and that's probably where I'll be headed as as soon as I get home. All right, guys, thanks for listening. We'll be back early next week with a preview cast. We didn't have one this week. The holiday just kind of threw everything into disarray, completely forgot about it last Friday at 2 a.m. when we were doing this. So we will have one next week. I'll be in here on Tuesday to record that. But for Chris Easterling from the Maslin Independent and Cliff Hickman from the Camp Repository, uh, thanks for listening, and we will catch you soon. 